welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Not out in the room. This is a new podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Has this podcast cut through the cacophony of the modern podcast jungle? That digital Tower of Babel which has millions of people chatting and joking and screaming and crying and pontificating in hundreds of thousands of individual podcasts all vying for the attention of billions of eager ears through tiny earbuds and headphones and smart speakers. If you are listening to this, then the South Mims U podcast has, like a lucky spermatozoa, at the moment of conception, hit the mother load of luck right inside your ears and your brain. Uh, Jack, I, I don't really think that works as an analogy. Oh, doesn't it? No. Actu- actually, I think it's a, a simile. No, it's an analogy. Okay, it's an analogy. But I think it works. It's up to you. Dear listeners, I'll let you decide about the analogy I used. I think it's one that sums up the fertile possibilities of the oral wonders which podcasts offer us all. Research shows that three-quarters of regular podcast listeners are eager to learn something new, and that's why they seek out interesting podcasts, subscribe to them, and, on average, stay pretty loyal to them over time. The podcast is a modern phenomenon. It's a wave of creativity which has made radio even more relevant to our lives. Suddenly, it's not just TV or movies which rule. The simple pleasures of having great voices and sounds in your head has been proven to be, in many people's opinion, the richest way to enjoy ideas and stories. That's why we've set up our very own podcast academy here at South Mims U. My name is Jack Williams and I am Senior Lecturer in Podcast Studies, but not everyone thinks the meteoric rise of the podcast is a good thing. It's not my point. I didn't say that. That's the voice of a podcast sceptic. I'm not a podcast sceptic. You're mischaracterizing my thesis, Jack. His name is Chuck Bassett. Bassett? Chuck Bassett? There's an effete little E on the end of your name, though. It's pronounced Bassett, not Bassett. So what's the E for? It's just a quirk. Okay. So, Chuck, you think that the great majority of podcasters are, basically, mentally ill. That's totally wrong. But you've just written a paper that says that they suffer from a syndrome. Yes, but I wouldn't use the word suffer. My point is that podcasts are a good way for people to find an outlet for their energy and ideas, even if they don't have what might be termed mainstream talent. That is, they wouldn't get jobs in regular radio or TV, but by having a podcast they can, well, do their thing quite harmlessly. Isn't that a spectacularly patronising idea? Not at all. What I set out to do is try and understand why there are so many podcasts, many of which only have a handful of listeners. Oh, so they're all talentless failures droning into cheap mics. That sounds pretty patronising to me. Again, you're spinning my research in a very, if I may say so, hostile way. Okay, well, you'd better explain what you mean. I'm glad to have the opportunity. On a podcast. It's a fine podcast. Yeah, yeah, but I'm one of those people you're saying has a syndrome. This is the official podcast of South Mims U, a respected university. It's a little different. But all my fellow podcasters out there might disagree with you. Let me make myself clear. 
This is not a criticism or a denunciation of amateur no, podcasters. No, 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 they're amateur. <laughs> That's patronizing. It's not. It's an accurate description of those podcasters who don't get paid for what they do or are not employed by a media organization. So that's the only way you get any legitimacy, is it? By being part of the media machine? I mean, most of those people in, in the media machine are talentless hacks anyway. Indeed. And you can do a better job than they ever could, yes, right? Yes, I can, actually. Well, you've just perfectly summarized the syndrome I've identified. Oh, have I? You've articulated the Pupkin premise. The Pupkin premise? Named for Rupert Pupkin, the protagonist in Martin Scorsese's 1981 movie, The King of Comedy. Oh, right, sure. I've seen it. Um, Robert De Niro plays the sad loner who lives with his mother and pretends to be a comedian on a famous talk show host's nightly broadcast in New York. He tries to get close to that host, played by Jerry Lewis, and can't, so he kidnaps him with the help of a deranged superfan. That's it. So this premise... The pupkin premise. The pupkin premise. I mean, how does it work then? You believe that those who have managed to become prominent in the media, like the comedians featured on the Jerry Langford show, that's the host played by Jerry Lewis, are not more talented than you, just luckier and better connected than you are, and that you have as much talent as they do. If only Jerry Langford is people and the audience could see our act. But I don't want to do stand-up comedy. No, no. Comedy isn't the point. The point is that when you watch the TV, you think that you could do that. It's only circumstance and luck and the media establishment that's stopping you. What's that got to do with podcasters? I'm using the King of Comedy movie to illustrate the idea. So whether it's TV or radio or any other medium, there's a common occurrence of the pumpkin premise. Now, most people just sit in front of their TV sets or radios or podcast providers and say, I could do that. That's easy. Yeah, but they don't act on it. Exactly. They don't act on it. They just think it and keep consuming the work of talented people who have managed to get onto TV or into movies or onto the radio and into podcasts. But the people who go further? They have the king of comedy syndrome. An actual syndrome? It's not an actual syndrome. I just called it that for the sake of my article. To get attention? Yes. Psychology academics need to get attention too. So maybe you have the syndrome? No. I'm behaving like a normal academic. Having ideas, writing papers, and sharing them with the world. And being in podcasts. You asked me, and I agreed. So I guess, yes, that's part of the process of sharing my ideas. So this syndrome, how does it work? I'm using the term syndrome in the sense that it's a collection of beliefs which, when they occur together, lead to not symptoms, but actions. In no way am I trying to say that this is a psychological disorder. It's not. But it might be. Sure, if taken to extreme lengths. Like in the movie, The King of Comedy, where Pupkin gets a gun, kidnaps the star and holds him hostage, and then gets arrested. Okay, that is extreme. But the big difference between 1981 and now is that we have digital technologies which allow the Pupkins of the world to do their thing harmlessly. But Rupert Pupkin in, in that movie does become famous. Yeah, that's how the story ends. So maybe it is worth kidnapping a star or two then. <laughs> no, that's taking the analogy a little too literally. Are you sure it's not a simile? I'm sure. Okay, let's just get some context here. 
as you say, Chuck, the digital world has driven a revolution in radio. Not, not only is every radio station available to anyone, anywhere, at any time via the internet, you can choose from over 880,000 podcasts, which are available across many special podcast platforms, as well as from Apple, Google, TuneIn and Spotify. It's a staggering number, and it's been growing exponentially. There are 30 million podcast episodes out there. Most of them don't get listened to by many people, but many are big business. Most of those are produced by established media companies, but I'm interested in the many people who set up their own podcasts and work hard to produce regular episodes for their sometimes really devoted listeners. And it's those people who suffer from this syndrome, right? See, you, you can't help being hostile. Well, how am I being hostile? You use the word suffer. I'm not saying these people are suffering from anything. Like I said, my use of the term syndrome is purely descriptive. It's a wry joke. It's a way of engaging the readers and listeners in what I think is a modern phenomenon. The belief that digital has made the media democratic and that anyone can put their voices, opinions, talents, and ideas out there for anybody else to enjoy or refute or whatever it is they want to do. Right, so now you're saying it's a positive thing. Yes, in a way, that is what I am saying. But you start from a premise which suggests that the people doing this don't have talent or, or don't have what it takes to make it in the mainstream. I'm not. But that's the story of the King of Comedy. Pupkin isn't funny. He's a no-hoper. He's a pushy, no-talent, deranged ass. And he gets famous at the end? People love him? Like I said, your choice of movie is problematic. I don't think it is. I think it makes my point perfectly. In the old media world, the world of mass conglomerates running a few TV and radio stations, it was almost impossible to get your comedy or your ideas or even your opinions heard. Okay, you could call up a talk show and have a rant or an argument, but you're like an oral gossamer in a field of indifference. Now that's a simile. Yes, it is. Well, thank you very much. The king of comedy syndrome reveals that we all have the urge to express ourselves. But in the past, we could only do it if we took the path of trying to work in the media. Of course, many people went out to bars and clubs and pubs to do the stand-up thing or to sing, or they put on plays in church halls or in pubs or rented small community theaters, hoping for their big break. But they weren't anywhere near the platforms or outlets which were ring-fenced by money and technology. Right, so your point is along came things like YouTube and streaming and podcasts, and suddenly... Um... And suddenly, your podcast was up there with all the celebrity-driven podcasts or podcasts which had been made by the big companies. But it's not a level playing field, is it? No, it never will be. But my point is that you can get off the sofa and stop complaining about the talentless hacks that you're seeing and hearing in the mainstream media and, well, make a podcast and see if anyone likes it. So it is a good thing. It's a good thing. This syndrome, then, isn't an affliction. Not unless you turn it into one by getting too obsessed with becoming successful or famous. Right, OK. So if you act on the pumpkin premise, you have the king of comedy syndrome. And that's not a bad thing. But if you go too far and turn it and turn into Rupert Pupkin, then you've gone too far. Right. Like the character in the movie. 
but you might really become famous if you do something drastic. Uh, no, that's not the point. Mm, I, um, I, I still don't think the syndrome of yours make, makes much sense. You're taking it too literally. Like I said, it's illustrative. I, I wonder what the podcasters out there, the millions of them, what they think. I mean, if there are almost 900,000 podcasts, then you can bet there are around three, four million people who are either regularly appearing in them or, or run them. That's still a tiny proportion of the world's population. There are many more potential listeners than actual podcasters. Well, I get that. So your idea then is if you're feeling like you can do something good, just, well, just do it. Yes, even if no one listens. Even if no one listens. In fact, I found four podcasts which literally no one listens to. And yet, the people who make them are entirely happy with just making podcasts and letting it sit out there in the digital ether, waiting for someone of like mind to stumble upon it. Okay, well, what kind of podcasts are they? One is called Moby Dick, Real Slow. Moby Dick real slow. It's someone reading it very slowly and then slowing down the sound even more. You're joking. Nope. Here's a clip. Call me Ishmael. Some years ago, never mind how long precisely, having little or no money in my purse and nothing particular to interest me on shore, I think I would sail about a little and see the watery part. Well, that would send me to sleep. Well, I think that's why if more people knew about that podcast, it would be a big success. A <laughs> cure for insomnia, maybe. Well, it's interesting. Another podcast I found did the opposite. It's called Philosophers on Helium. Two philosophy students talk about, well, philosophy after inhaling helium. Podcasts only last a few minutes each. I think they're funny. Well, let's have a listen. It, it's important that all facts are valuable facts. That's absurd. It suggests that knowledge, the knowing of a fact, is only valuable if it has a specific value in terms of money or utility. Yeah, but that's the kind of knowledge we need. I disagree entirely. Knowledge, for knowledge's sake, is an end in itself. But what is the use of that? We have an inherent need for knowledge, and so the attainment of that knowledge is beneficial to the person in and of itself, even if the knowledge is considered useless. But humans seek knowledge of nature, not just to know it, but to act upon it to improve the ability of the species to thrive. That's seeing it in purely capitalistic terms. As Iris Murdoch puts it, we are men and we are moral agents before we... That is just simply weird. But you get an awful lot of philosophical insight into five minutes by inhaling helium. Are you sure that's all they're inhaling? Well, that's not for us to judge. The next podcast is called Waiting for the 84. The 84 what? The 84 bus. This is a local podcast. It's a radio mic that's attached to the bus stop where the 84 stops on its way from St. Albans to Potter's Bar. And? It's random conversations from each day, edited together, or sometimes just left whole, depending on what they're like. Often, it's just traffic noise. Well, that's, that sounds particularly pointless. Its maker wanted to make that point. What? That it was pointless? Yes, and therefore not pointless. God, you people talk in circles. Have a listen. Not pink, Cerise. Cerise isn't pink. Cerise is Cerise. It's nothing like pink. Cerise is a different colour completely. I don't want pink. 
Don't get me pink. You get me pink and I'll never talk to you again. I don't know how you spell Cerise. Google it. Oh, my bus is coming. Did I ever tell you, Beryl, that you remind me of Emily Dickinson? Did I ever tell you that? No, you never told me that. Well, well, you do, Beryl. Well, what did she do? She wrote poems. But she never waited half an hour for an 84 to put us bar. Oh, here it is. Wave at it, wave at it. Oh, oh right. Okay. I don't know if these clips are making your point though, uh, to be honest. They aren't people showing off their talents, are they? I mean, or even their lack of talent. That would be too easy. What I'm saying is that the talent is not just in doing what so many podcasts do, which is to record people talking to each other, chatting or debating, or even watching old movies and commenting on them, or being amateur true crime specialists, or examining political events from an individual or local perspective. These are podcasts made for the sake of it. They don't care if very few people listen. In fact, I think that's the positive side of my syndrome. So, human creativity. I mean, for the sake of human creativity. Yeah, that's it. Not just for fame or recognition or money, but just to do it. You said you have four clips. I like this one because it gets me thinking and writing. It's called Listen to Great Writers Writing. Oh, right. So recordings of writers talking about their work. I mean, that's a more traditional podcast then, right? No. It's someone who has recorded himself or herself typing out masterworks, either on a mechanical typewriter or a keyboard. It's a way of channeling the drive to write through pure sound. I, I don't get it. Listen. The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> Weird. I have a feeling your podcast academy needs to, well, listen to a few more podcasts. Well, we're, we're working through them, uh, you know. Uh, well, Chuck Bassett. Bassett. Uh, Chuck Bassett. Thank you very much for trying to explain your syndrome. I'm still not certain if your analogy works, but let's see what those podcasters out there think. Maybe you could do a podcast about it. We just did. Ah, yeah. Sorry, of course. Have you any plans for a podcast of your own, perhaps? Uh, no. It's never a good idea for someone who has named a syndrome to then succumb to it. I'm happy to be in podcasts, but I won't start the 891,999th podcast just for the sake of it. Well, okay. Well, that's up to you. If you need any tips, you, you know where to find us. I do. Thank you. And thank you, dear listeners. Whether you're a podcaster or someone who loves podcasts, I hope we've stimulated your brain cells and made you think about the podcast phenomenon and your part within it in different ways. Whatever your conclusion... Keep listening, keep creating, stay human, and be creative. Check out all the other subjects we offer at South Mims U where you found this podcast, and if you like what you hear, share it. Thank you, and goodbye. This, as it seems, is, the, uh, is also the way such a man comes.
tell me this too. I shall.